inspired by a galaxy far, far away, you're listening to Force Fan Podcast. Stop looking at photos of shirtless Tarkin. We get a podcast right now. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Woo, baby. Yeah. <laughs> that made me very uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, shirtless Tarkin of all the Star Wars characters does not really do it for me. <laughs> then why are you looking at him so much? <sighs> to make you uncomfortable. You were holding it's the like, comic book up like like a what's it called a like trifold? A like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Because I'm reading it at an angle. Uh, uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> that's what she says. Dang. Okay. I feel like I just saw Star- a new side of you tonight, Cat. Star Wars thirst podcasting. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> Tarkin, though. Yeah. <laughs> We've been doing this for three years, and we're gonna thirst podcast for the first time about Tarkin. Hell no. There are so many other people that we could thirst podcast about. Ja, you maniac. and on that note (laughs) we're gonna talk about Tarkin tonight the novel apparently apparently (laughs) so we're back this week well wait were we back last week I guess we were back last week last week but now we're back to our regularly scheduled uh, book clubbing type of run of episodes regularly scheduled yeah Yeah. There was a there was an introduction, the usual musical introduction this week, as as per usual, because this is not a casual episode. Although That's it might right. sound like it, because we're talking about shirtless Tarkin. <laughs> we're all a little punch drunk around here because it's I don't know day one thousand five hundred whatever of quarantine, and we're tired. <laughs> But anyway, yes, this week we're going to go back to uh, back to book club and talk about Tarkin by James Lucino, which we both read a little while ago now. So hopefully we can remember enough plot points to actually talk about it. <laughs> was it pre pre quarantine? No, it was not. You sure? Oh, I think it was pre quarantine. Oh, my. You know, it might have been right around that time, actually. So like March. And we were like, oh, we'll come back to it. We'll come back to it. <laughs> now we're finally back to it. <laughs> wow, it has been a freckle pass of hair now, hasn't it? Yes. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So, yeah. So we, yeah, I guess we read this like a month and a half ago. But we figured now that the Clone Wars is done and we got to have a little catch up with John that, you know, might as well jump back in. And this would probably be a good place to start. <laughs> Apparently. So. Yeah. <laughs> so, Adrian, you read this first. Correct I me if I'm did. wrong. A very rare occurrence yes. between us. <laughs> I, I switched up the dynamic here a bit there. Uh, yeah, and I have to say, your initial reading of it did not really um, inspire me <laughs> <laughs> to read it all that much. <laughs> yeah, just to put it bluntly, I was very disappointed with Tarkin. It's it's got a lot of good stuff going on in it, but man, it was such a dry read. And so Very. slow. 
so much. Uh, there was so much good. Like I said, with uh, okay, so we're obviously going into spoilers now. So if you haven't you haven't read the six year old book, I mean, that's on you now. <laughs> but yeah. uh, we got a lot of cool character moments with Tarkin's past, which was what I thought was going to be the bulk of the of the story. Mm-hmm. Instead, instead we got an intergalactic dude. Where's my car? Story. <laughs> With some <laughs> weird and contrived rebel cell slash imperial betrayal plot line that I just did not care about. <laughs> there were a lot of points reading where I'm like, I don't care about this. Go back to Iriadu. I want to know more about Tarkin himself. I get yeah. that we're getting context with this space chase we're going on right now. Mm-hmm. But come on, man. <laughs> you're, not, you're telling me you couldn't come up with something a little more exciting than a space chase. But it was his. It was his super special Corvette, Adrian. <laughs> Na- name one of the rebel characters right now, off the top of your head. Uh, yeah, something yeah. that's a a Adora, Adorna, Nash, Flash. Don't look it up. I see you. Up. I see you looking at your computer. <laughs> I'm like <laughs> Wikipedia. I was, I'm not. Could I? Sh- I don't know what you're talking about, Adrian. No, exactly. You don't. Because I, I don't either. <laughs> That's how little I cared about these quote unquote characters. They were just there filling in a generic rebel cell role. Role. Just. Uh. Yeah, I I agree with you. So I was not. I will preface this by saying while Adrian's initial reading did not make me super excited to read this book, I actually did enjoy it once I started it and got into it, and I enjoyed it more than I thought I would. But I do have to say um, or agree with Adrian. It's very dry and. Um, <laughs> Yeah, some of the supporting <laughs> characters, like the best moments in this book are definitely Tarkin's past, exploring his past on Ariadu and how that kind of built the character that we see here. And then his interactions with Vader. And those for me yes. were kind of the two highlights of this book. The supporting cast of characters, aside from the ones that we know that show up later quote unquote you know in a new hope you know we've got admiral Ularin or you know um set or the emperor oh my god uh <laughs> and you know other other imperial folks that like you know we know um but the rest of the supporting cast is very thin and not very memorable and i agree they just kind of stand as like fillers in for the plot but don't really have much defining characteristics other than that they're angry at the empire and you know a couple of them are journalists and one's a former um republic spy or something you know they don't they weren't super fleshed out and i you know (laughs) part of this book is you're it's it was kind of weird for me because i normally consider myself like i'm like the rebel scum right like i support the rebels i love the rebels um i not ever considered myself like an imperial girl and this book is all about tarkin who's like the imperial man and you're it was weird for me because in this book like you're rooting for him but you're like ugh, but he's the bad guy i should be rooting for these rebels you know, to accomplish their mission. <laughs> but you kind of want them to so, just kind of go away. They're so thinly fleshed out that there's really not much to root for with them, unfortunately. Um, so, 
yes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I'm 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 with you. I'm also usually rebel scum, but I was totally rooting for Tarkin the whole time. <laughs> and he stole his really awesome ship. You know those jerks. <laughs> oh. There was so much focus on the technical aspect of things here that yes, yeah. I mean, I I, I get it. I like I like technical stuff as a texture to enhance like the drama and the character mm-hmm. work. Yeah, I don't like it when it's the main focus. I totally agree with you. There was so yeah. much emphasis, so much novel time or writing, so much page space. I don't know how to word it right now. <laughs> Taking no, up I, explaining <laughs> <character> how <count. laughs> the shields work on a ship, how mm. you know the tankers this, and oh, let's set up this plan. Or, you know what I mean? A lot of like, I don't. I'm like, okay, <laughs> again, go back to Tarkin being a wild man in the jungles in the- or the forests of Iriadu and taking yeah. over a tribe of. You know, Sasquatches that live on the plaza, you know, the carrion spike. That, that's what I want. Like, that was cool. That was so cool. Yeah. Give and me I, more of his uncle, too. He was a cool character. Yeah. Jova. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. I I do think the flashbacks to Ariadu, both both his time on the carrion plateau, where he's kind of like forging himself into a man. Uh <laughs> and probably learning shirtless to do- the whole time. Probably sure was the whole time. I mean, uh, and and you know, basically forging himself into kind of the ruthless man that he becomes, the man that's willing to do whatever it takes. Um, and that was really fascinating. I also enjoyed the glimpses that we got of his career post that as he left Ariadu and you know was kind of making his way in the galaxy and getting involved with Palpatine when Palpatine is still the senator from Naboo right that was really and and kind of you can see kind of in the background there you know Palpatine is drawing the strings along and you can kind of see what he's setting up and I also love that we got some Tarkin and Dooku yes yes which you know, with the the Clone Wars, you Why know, wasn't a nice that little... the novel too. I mean, we got like that? one chapter. Yes. Oh, Adrian. Yeah. Yes, you uh-huh. read my yeah. mind. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you vibing with that because I'm vibing with that. I think we're both I vibing would, with that. I would have loved more of that, and I honestly, it's <laughs> maybe kind of a missed opportunity. <sighs> I really would have loved to see more because you know we get a glimpse of Tarkin during the Clone Wars anyway but he's kind of in his full military persona mm-hmm. there and the the Tarkin that we see from the Clone Wars here you know he's more representing his planet Ariadu and you know trying to balance the Republic and the Separatists and he gets to you know interact with Count Dooku and that was really fascinating and I would have actually, I would have loved a lot more of that, honestly. Yeah, these these mind, was, mind game sections between Palpatine yes. and Tarkin and Tarkin <laughs> and Dooku, like that was really cool stuff. And you know, speaking of Ariadu, I really like the contrast we got, like the development of Ariadu, right? Like it's portrayed as like a like a like a hick town in the galaxy, almost is trying yes. to act like a big oh. city, like a mm-hmm. you know, like Coruscant. Like, oh no, yeah, we're we're cool. We we got two shopping malls now, and we just got a subway. <laughs> we're, we're we're going there, you know. And I think that's really interesting because by the time we get to the Targan we know he's one of the Emperor's right hand guys, right? Yes, yeah. So 
there's like a cool contrast there where in his own world, Tarkin is like a smaller version of the Emperor running mm-hmm. a smaller version of the Empire there. Mm-hmm. But all that ambition, I mean, he is still just going to be always second or third. Yeah. Compared to like the larger scheme of things. And I thought that was such an interesting portrayal of both the galaxy and the character. Yeah. But I mean, it's clear like in the book, you know, yeah, they, his family, the Tarkins, um, the Tarkins of Ariadu, uh, are <laughs> weeknights on are, NBC. You know, yeah, they're they're yeah they are the ruling class. Like they are in charge, and his family is kind of a little bit put out by the fact that he wants a role in the larger galaxy and wants to have a role bigger than just ruling Ariadu, and so. I found that a little bit interesting, too, that that even though technically like he could have ruled an entire planet, his ambition was was greater than that. And even though he is not the guy in charge, I mean, this book basically, I mean, he's made the first Grand Moff at the end of this book. And so he's put in charge of even a larger, you know, like basically the whole outer rim and he's overseeing the Death Star project. So, you know, even though he's not the number one guy, he's still controlling a huge amount of influence in the Empire. You know, I gotta, I gotta say, and I I mentioned this, I think more often than I should (laughs) have, but, uh, it is so at this point in my Star Wars, uh, journey, uh, the Death Star and Krennic go one, go hand in hand with me. So seeing, reading this book that's, that predates the character (laughs) and, you know, again, just knowing the relationship between Krennic and Tarkin, it was just so odd for me not to have a reference to to Krennic. While Tarkin talked about the Death Star project. <laughs> Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. Now, in hindsight, that does feel really weird. Like, if you read this book in 2014 when it came out, you wouldn't think that was weird because Rogue One wasn't on screen yet. Um, they were probably just, like, working on the screenplay or something. So Krennic as a character didn't exist. My personal headcanon is that Tarkin considered him... Because this, this book is a little bit... <laughs> It's a little bit weird the way that Lucino um, kind of flips the story. Like part of it kind of reads like Tarkin's memoirs. That would have been part of much it better doesn't. too. Yeah. The Life and Times um, of Tarkin, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. But but the way that it kind of flips is a little bit weird. So if if I'm imagining that this really kind of is like Tarkin's memoirs, which I think is how we're supposed to interpret that, um, that, you know, Krennic is like so beneath him that like he doesn't even want to mention him. Like he doesn't even come up because Tarkin just doesn't care. <laughs> I mean, that's what helps you get to sleep at night. <laughs> <laughs> It's my head cannon, and I'm sticking to it. Um, he w- he wouldn't waste space on Krennic. Uh huh. <laughs> let me have it, Adrian. Let me have it. Oh, I'm not taking it away. I'm just laughing at it. <laughs> whatever, whatever floats your space goat, lady. Right. Yeah. So. <laughs> so I was also but no. That's a good point. So I was also kind of I guess not disappointed, but I was hoping. Tarkin is such a ambitious character, right? And like we're saying, and you know the way he just kind of rises to the top of everything. Mm-hmm. I was hoping for him and the Emperor to kind of butt heads mm. a little bit, because again, a character that's that ambitious, 
I mean, it almost makes me sad that he went out in the original movie because it, it would have been cool to see him maybe, I don't know, just try and take over straight up. Maybe, but I actually think this book helps kind of elaborate on that confidence that Tarkin had. Like, he is so confident in what they've built and the might of the empire against everyone else that you know how could you know how could they not win meaning the empire how could the empire not win like so i actually felt like what we've gotten of tarkin in various formats the book and there have been a couple you know he's popped up in some comics and stuff like, I actually think that really um, kind of his ambition and um, just belief in the might of the Empire and their strength, um, you know, ultimately is what kills him. But I think it makes I think it makes a lot of sense, like how we see him in A New Hope. You don't think uh, he would eventually wanted more had he not gone out? Uh, maybe, maybe. I don't know. Maybe, maybe to be the emperor's second in command instead of Vader. I don't know. <laughs> his right hand political man. I don't know. Well, well, on that. I mean, possibly. So let's talk about his relationship with Vader and that because I think that's also a section that we both appreciated. Yes. Because yes. it was not a pissing contest. It was like an actual kind oh of. Oh like, We have to work together. <laughs> yes. I guess we'll do it. But then they actually realize, well, I kind of. We kind hey, of, we get along, kind, kind of. Yeah, you're actually pretty cool. Well, yeah, I <laughs> I have to say I was really happy um with the the way that Tarkin and Vader work together in this book. So, I don't I don't know if we ever did a book club about the New Thrawn trilogy and we might eventually do we a book club about it. We have not ever talked about the New Thrawn trilogy. We've been reading them together, but we have not uh, yes. actually talked about it. So, yeah, so we've made a lot of comments to each other, um, not on the podcast. And we both in, it's, oh God, it's the middle one, Thrawn... Alliances? Alliances. Thank you. Oh my gosh. In uh, <laughs> Alliances, where Vader and Thrawn have to work together. And I think that book really frustrated us when we initially read it because it's basically just like yeah thrawn and vader having a pissing contest well it, it, it frustrated you i thought it was kind of it, funny okay <laughs> i hated it <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah i remember, I it kind of, really I remember annoyed, laughing yeah. it's like they're trying to do the same thing it was kind of like hux and kylo ren at the end of the last mm. jedi where they're just kind of yelling Except, over each other. Yeah. That made me laugh. So that really annoyed the crap out of me in Alliances. Mm -hmm. um, I liked I liked the relationship between Tarkin and Vader a lot more. Like, they are kind of testy and feeling each other out. But I think there's almost more of a measure of respect or maybe fear although Tarkin doesn't seem very fearful like he knows about Vader mm -hmm. you know and has but hasn't worked with him prior to this point well with Vader and um you know so there's you know he's heard stories so there's maybe a little measure of fear but more than fear caution. I mean I think it's it, yeah that's ooh, good word Adrian thank you <laughs> um yeah he like he's cautious but he also respects what vader vader does for the emperor i think and the way that he is able to get stuff done regardless um maybe not always his methods but you getting know getting the results that you need anyway just. yes yeah 
So, so I liked the way that their relationship worked in this book. Um, I also like that Tarkin is pretty sure that he knows who Vader is. Um, he's also pretty sure they're Sith Lords and <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so he, he read Wikipedia. He has it all figured out. <laughs> but he's um he's smart enough not to say anything about it. <laughs> he keeps it to himself right. very wisely. It's just, you know, it's just kind of one of those nuggets of information to be stored away for potential future use. Um, I think my favorite part of the book, my favorite section of the whole thing just because of how weird it is once you think about it, is that Vader and Tarkin have a normal conversation. It's small talk. <laughs> Vader never does that, and he straight up asks him about his past. And That's true. Tarkin, you know, you know, just gives him the tale as you're walking to the ship, and Vader's listening the whole time and just kind of being, like, normal. Mm-hmm. You know, Vader doesn't yeah. have the patience for that kind of stuff at all. Every scene we see him... Like conversing with somebody, he's giving an order. He's trying to seduce someone to the dark side. He's trying to be intimidating. <laughs> no elaboration. It's, right. <laughs> it's just something, you know, something with a purpose. This was Vader just being legit curious about a person he's curious about and starting to respect. And after the end of that conversation, it's like, all right, well, cool. I respect you a little bit more. Well, and I wonder if some of that bleeds over from what we know of their interaction in the Clone Wars. Um, little Anakin I mean, curiosity that's left over. Vader, you know, Vader has basically suppressed Anakin, but, you know, he did work with Tarkin in the Clone Wars. And so, yeah, and he got along mostly with Tarkin during that arc. So... And agreed with um, some of Tarkin's thoughts about the war. So, you know, there might have been some kind of holdover curiosity about Tarkin that slipped out, even though it's Vader. I think it was more just the experience of them hunting for the ship the whole time. Because Vader was still pretty distant at the beginning of it. Oh, yeah. V- yes, very. You know, his usual. <laughs> yeah, his usual. Whatever, I'm here because the Emperor demands it. Commands it, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Let's, <laughs> let's do our thing. <laughs> but, yeah, I think that is just one of the most interesting parts, of not just of the book, but I think just of Star Wars literature, just because of mm-hmm. how unique it is for Vader as a character. Yes, yeah. So, in in that respect, I really do appreciate Tarkin for for doing that. Yeah. Like we don't really see much into Vader's head in this book. You know, it's it's pretty much Tarkin's point of view. Right, right, right. You know, but, like, the whole time. It, it, like but, if you know Vader as a character, you know, like we're talking right now, you know how unique that section actually is. If you don't, we even yes. though we don't actually get inside the helmet, so to speak, mm-hmm. it, it does it, it does stick out at you. Yes, and it but it works well in the context of the story. Like it doesn't I don't I don't to me it did not feel out of character, you know. No, it just like, kind of blended in with everything else. It's it was a very natural type of thing and mm-hmm. it's already happening by the time you realize it, you know. You don't see it coming. <laughs> You're like, "Oh, wait, they're just t- walking down a hallway having a chit-chat." Wow. <laughs> wow. wow. It's a hallway scene without people dying. Yeah. <laughs> what? What? Um, that never happens in Star Wars. Well, Just kidding. A lot of, um, a lot of things like in the story that they're, he's talking about in this hallway. So, <laughs> so many. Um, <laughs> I I thought it was an interesting um 
tidbit that Vader is able to track his meditation pod, and that's like kind of the first. Mm, that seemed random to me, to be honest. I mean, it's a little random because you're like, what? I can do sort this of now. Connection? By the way, yeah. <laughs> Just throw a random force power in there. But I don't know, maybe it's like soaked in the dark side or something. So I don't know. He left his cell phone in the pod and he was tracking his cell phone. <laughs> possible, possible. Yeah, so I, I, actually I think that's a good segue into, you know, our issues with the overall plot. <laughs> yes. How things just kind of unravel and kind of randomly happen at some points. And are explained away with these very technical, technical heavy uh, bits of, uh, oh, yeah, the word escapes me. I just had it and it escaped me. Writing. Exposition. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> exposition. Yeah. There's, yeah, there was a lot of technical exposition in this book, which is not my favorite thing to read. Um at all and there were definitely places where i was kind of like all right can we just like move on to the actual plot instead of talking about people you know splicing into the hollow net and uh you know being able to fake hollow net footage and i was like okay can we just can we just move on i mean i didn't necessarily mind the intrigue that happens around that because you kind of got this twisty plot um twisty multi-layered you know there are you know people on the inside of the empire that are feeding information to the to the rebels um in a chance to improve their own standing and like i don't mind that but ooh, yeah some of the technological exposition got little tiring at times it made the book feel much longer and it's not that long of a book no yeah it's actually not that long of a book really it's a pretty pretty quick read <laughs> once you get past that which makes me wonder because uh because you know uh, lucena also wrote a plagueis which i remember really enjoying and i love catalyst it's up there in my top five so it's got me wondering if I go back and read any of those. Are you going to feel differently? <laughs> yeah. Well, well have, have I have I evolved or matured as a reader to the point where I, I seek out more emotional character stuff versus just technical plot? Maybe. Maybe. Do I want to go back and I find mean, out? Not really, because I like those stories. <laughs> well, I haven't read Darth Plagueis yet, so... I can read it and get back to you. Oh, uh, we'll see. So I, I know you know this, but just you know, announcing it right here. Uh, there's a few tiny references uh, in Tarkin from Plagueis, which I think kind of forces it into the canon to an, ex an extent. Oh, interesting. Even though it's legends, mm. but so far nothing has been contradicted, for as far as I know or remember, in the new canon. So until that's officially, you know, official, like until that's officially like contradicted, I. I I really do consider no. Plagueis to be canon at the Can moment. Can you, will you tell me what do you, will you tell me what they are or do I have to read it and figure it out for myself? <laughs> will they spoil, will they spoil, spoil major plot points? Of <laughs> I think you should read it for yourself. Okay. All well, right. Actually, all there right, might all right. Be one it's on thing, my list. But hey, if Poe Dameron can suddenly be a drug dealer, then, Ugh. you know, it's fine. Adrian. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Stop. You just had to bring that up, didn't you? 
Oh my of course. god. Uh, but no, I, I remember it being an interesting read and it really draws on a lot of cool, interesting dark side uh perspective things. Okay. Well, it's on my list. I started it a thousand years ago and then left it and never went back. So maybe my opinion of James Lucino's Star Wars books is not that high. Although I really like Catalyst 2. And Cat I mean, Catalyst was not a very big book, and it didn't get super technical that I remember. Um, you know what? There was a lot of talk about kyber crystals, so maybe it there is more was, technical. There than was, there was, there, yeah, actually, a lot of kyber, kyber crystal uh, gobbledygook. <laughs> you know, maybe we should reread Catalyst at least and have a book club on that. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, God, it's been a long time since I've read Catalyst. Yeah, that was so. the first uh, new canon book I read right before Rogue One came out. Yes, I remember like literally finishing it the day I saw Rogue One. <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> well, we'll put that on yeah. the potential uh, book club list. Yes. Yeah. Anyway. Um, yeah. So I don't know. James Lucino and Star Wars. Yeah. Might have to go back and revisit some of those other ones. I'm scared. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess... For me, I mean, I had been worried about this. And while this Tarkin will probably never be my favorite canon Star Wars book, um, I didn't, I did end up, you know, not hating it. I enjoyed it enough. I mean, I read it and I was like, okay, well, that gives me some more insight into Tarkin. And I like the Tarkin Vader stuff. So, you know, like, I don't hate it. Um, I do think it helped that previously. Some of the other stuff that I've read in canon currently, specifically um, the Age of Rebellion Tarkin issue, which definitely goes back and references this this book. Um, I mean, they pull characters out. They pull the whole um, Ariadu, Carrion Plateau, like all that. Um, that comes directly from the Tarkin novel. And But I, since I'd already read the comic, I was like, oh, yeah, I saw this in a comic. This is good. <laughs> Expanding on this more. So I actually think that helped me enjoy it a little bit more because I already kind of had some of those pieces and then it was like kind of filling in more of that picture of him so at least for me that helped me uh-huh. i think um and that helped me enjoy it a little bit more like having kind of these other bits of canon that i had already been exposed to and then reading the novel so for me that helped i feel like maybe if i'd read this <laughs> when it first came out I would have been like, I'm never reading another Star Wars novel. <laughs> <laughs> Dang. But which pretty accurate. Little, it's pretty accurate. Maybe a little mean. Um, well, no, because I again, mean, it's not like a terrible book, but it's not, it doesn't, at least personally, it doesn't grab me as some of the other canon Star Wars books do. No, no. I'm like, and I, I think that comes from the emotional versus technological um, writing. Yeah, pathos versus logos, about. basically. But we spent the majority of this episode talking about what we did like. So, I mean, we obviously did get a lot from this book. <laughs> and I, I, you know, I still find Tarkin very fascinating as a character. He's not my favorite, yeah, I, but the, what, what, the main thing I wanted to get out of this book was I wanted to know more about Tarkin because every time he shows up in somebody else's story, I'm like, ooh, here comes Tarkin. I want to know more about Tarkin. Hey, there's a Tarkin book that I bought like five years ago and didn't read. Let me read that. I read it. Was it amazing? No. 
Did it accomplish <laughs> what I wanted? Yes, I got a lot from Tarkin. So ultimately, the book did its job. Yeah. Just took a really weird route to get there. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it just, especially, um, I mean, throughout the whole book, but I think in particular the end when Tarkin goes back to Ariadu um, to draw out the leader of the rebels um, and then ends up leaving him in a pit <laughs> to make his own way out. I think that's a really um, effective way of illustrating just how ruthless Tarkin is. And I feel like they expand upon this actually more in the comics, but that's also a visual medium um, as opposed to the novel. Um, but because Tarkin is is really ruthless and I the way this book the way the book ends is a really good kind of like yep like he will do some pretty awful things that was a good ending it really <laughs> it was I mean <laughs> appreciate it was ending. a good ending but it it really just you know is just kind of another like he he is ruthless and he will not um you know he will do what it takes. It's it's almost I mean, like Vader is the more, um, you know, <laughs> slash him up with the lightsaber, like kind of <laughs> I, I feel like I feel like Vader, like the, the contrast between the two, you know, Vader is kind of this bigger, more dramatic. I mean, I talk jo I joke on Twitter about, you know, Anakin being like a drama queen, but it's really true. Like Vader is really into the drama. Tarkin will just shove you out an airlock or leave you in a pit to die or, an, you know, any number of like horrible, terrible, awful ways to die. Um, but it's almost like it's a much more quieter kind of more insidious ruthlessness. I think that he has as opposed to like Vader's like huge dramatic entrances and slaying of people yeah one's <laughs> fire the other's ice yes yeah and Targon literally i'm pretty sure has ice water in his veins like <laughs> <laughs> the devil would feel cold around Targon. <laughs> you know what i appreciate about about your description right now that way it kind of it kind of makes Targon sound like a walking contradiction you know he holds himself as this very outstanding high class you know i don't I'm civilized. In, yes, yeah. The dude is not civilized. If you read the book, you know he is not civilized. He take the just look look at shirtless Tarkin. Look at all those scars. <laughs> that is not civilized. That is a beast. That is a monster. Yeah. Yeah, actually that's a really good descriptor. Like he is a monster. And He's just good at hiding um, it. He's very good at hiding it. And it's actually it's funny that you say that because the book starts and he's designing like his new imperial uniform. Uh-huh. And so that's it that's an interesting just thinking about that. Like he's good at hiding what a monster he is, but underneath, like it doesn't matter what uniform he's wearing. He's yeah, still it's a, a sociopath. monster underneath. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> But I like that. I like I mean, that. He, he's got ice in his veins, but ice can also burn. So, mm -hmm. yeah. See, see, people, we we like the book. We got some stuff out of it. <laughs> 
I did. I mean, I did not hate this book. It takes it takes a lot for me to like hate a book. Um, so yes, while this will never probably be on my like, ooh, I'm gonna reread that. <laughs> I am glad I read it. Um, to help you know fill in some of these gaps. Right. Um. Yeah. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> See, I'm I'm a contradiction right now. I'm saying, yeah, I like the book. Well, but <laughs> whatever. <laughs> whatever. It is what it is, and what it is, it's it's ultimately the good outweighs the the whatever. <laughs> Just enough. Just enough. <laughs> All right. Well. So that's Tarkin. That's Tarkin. And before we wrap our, up, I think yeah. you had some little news tidbits you wanted to talk about. Oh, yes. Yeah. I was too busy talking about shirtless Tarkin at the beginning of this episode. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, Yeah. So we got kind of some bummer news today. Uh, Del Rey announced that the High Republic project, which had been set to coincide or kick off. Um, with Star Wars Celebration in August is now going to be pushed back until January. Um, So that means all of the books and presumably the comic as well um, is all now getting pushed to January 2021. So that's kind of a bummer because I was looking forward to some new stuff to read. And we even talked about it in our last episode. (laughs) And now it's been pushed back to next year. I mean, I'm okay with it. it, Yeah. I mean, I'm not surprised because this was supposed to be like a real big push and I know they want to make a big deal out of it. So I'm totally okay with them doing it. Um, and you know, I want it to get the recognition and they can, you know, do all the cool, hopefully do all the cool things that they wanted to do. You know, this is kind of a bummer because I was looking forward to it, but I'll just have to wait a little longer. Now, does that mean they're going to cancel celebration? Can we please just get a confirmation uh, on that? Por yeah. favor? Like we know it's coming. Just please, you know, yeah. put us out of our misery. Sooner. Yeah. <laughs> Tell us if we're going to get our money back or we're going to get some sort of special <laughs> digital type of thing. Yeah, it would be nice to know. I kind of feel like if they're pushing back um, the the publication of these things, it probably means that if we get a celebration this year, yeah, I would be more inclined to think it will be like a digital online convention as opposed to the in-person one. But yeah, it'd be nice to know. I still haven't bought plane tickets. I mean, I'll just move my ticket. Like, that money's long gone. I don't need it back right now. So, um, I keep I'll having just to move, move my it tickets to- too. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just, you know, I'll just, I'll just move, you know, I'll roll over my ticket to the next celebration whenever that is. Uh, but yeah, it'd be nice to know. And I hope they decide soon. Well, so. We'll see. But yes, I I would think that if they're starting to kind of they're starting to kind of move some stuff, I I suspect we may see a cancellation soon. But we're basically we're three months away right now, actually. Um project sorry, the High Republic, um, the first book, Charles Soule's book, was set to be published May no, sorry, August twenty-fifth. And that's the that was the start of celebration so we're you know it's just after may 25th so we're literally 
three months away. So yeah, sooner would be great, guys. Just <laughs> let us know what we need to do. <laughs> so those three months are going to go really quick. I mean, at this point, too, I don't know how comfortable I'd be in a giant convention. Even uh, three months honestly, from now. yeah. And I mean, speaking as someone who basically has to wear a mask all day when she goes into work, which please wear a mask if you go out, please, um, for yourself and for others, mainly for others. Um, yeah, God, I would not want to be in a convention center with thousands of other people having to wear a mask all day. Like it just... <laughs> totally unappealing to me i would rather stay at home and be able to catch some panels online and yeah unfortunately as much fun as celebration was and i loved celebration so much and i had so much fun and i was really looking forward to this year like that just is not the way it is now <laughs> does not sound fun with everything that's happening so yeah yeah, and I'd rather, you know, be comfortable at my first celebration. Yeah. So. Instead of worrying if the person coughing next to you is going to give you coronavirus or You're just like, a cold. <laughs> hey, are you choking on your saliva all randomly or are you sick? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So on that bummer note. Uh, yeah, womp womp. womp. <laughs> if uh, you want to add us because you love Tarkin and all its technical gobbledygook. You can do so at Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Force Time Podcast. And if you want to add me directly, you can also do so on Twitter and Instagram at Blue Lab Pro. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Cat Ray. Cool. And uh, yeah, I think we're back to a consistent release schedule again for the time yep. being. Should be. Yeah. That's the plan. That's the plan. And like I, we've been saying, expect a lot more book clubs because we're doing a lot of reading in quarantine. <laughs> yep. Yep. Some comics, some books, all of the above. Oh, we should do a comic one next week. Yeah, Kanan. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, uh, until then, uh, may the force be with y'all. And then some. From Blue Lab Productions, thanks for listening to Force Fan Podcast with Adrian, Cat Ray, and John. Edited and produced by Adrian Misa with original music composed by Brooke Monroe and original art by Mitsu Overstreet. Please rate and review this show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. All rights reserved. <laughs> <laughs>